0: You are now listening to the Philly Pod,
1: a Philadelphia sports podcast.
2: What is going on y'all? Welcome to another episode of The Philly Pod brought to you by TheLibertyLine.com. I'm your host as always, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms at The Philly Pod. Do the same for my faithful co-host. You can find him on social media. I talk about a lot of things these days on Twitter and whatnot X, whatever it is you want to call it, at Stephen Conrad Jr. We're here to talk about uh, the end of season press conference that we finally got today between Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. It was late, but we did get it. <laughs> Just because They were in meetings beforehand. We found out likely what that meeting entailed. We'll talk about that, as well as offensive coordinator candidates, the potential defensive coordinator that is all but certain to this point, and so much more. Steven, how's it feel? Uh Season's over. We kind of got over the depression a little bit of the season. Still hurts, obviously. I'm still in pain, but it sounds as though for now, and we'll, and we'll talk about it, that the Eagles are, put, are putting their uh for, what's uh what's what's the term putting their front step forward whatever whatever the term is putting a step forward or something first like step that, forward right? towards their off-season plans and to try and rectify what kind of went wrong down the stretch here so uh how are you feeling about the team as a whole uh personal health has has all that checking out to this point <laughs>
3: Well, we we knew once the news came out. I guess it was only a couple of days ago that Howie and Sirianni were going to be meeting with the media today, which ended up being well. Originally, it was supposed to be at two thirty, as you mentioned. Got pushed back, got delayed, and it yep. sent all the Philadelphia fans in a frenzy because we were all sitting there on the live stream. We they quickly said they're going found over their lines. They're going over their lines. Their that's what specific, they were at least we at least we think at least we, well that's what we thought. Um, And there were some news that came out actually during the press conference, which we're assuming is what delayed it, which, again, we will touch on. It's funny because we were both sitting here, uh, yeah, just waiting for the uh, press conference. And we were joking like, hey, maybe they're literally about to announce the hiring or maybe they're going to say Sirianni stepping down or getting fired whatever the yeah, case we were may like, be. what if
2: they announced the defensive coordinator, like as a rumble entrant and he, they just, he just comes through the door and it's their new defensive coordinator. We
3: damn near got that. I mean, now. that's basically what happened. <laughs> if we're being honest, we, we got a new defensive coordinator essentially today. We will be breaking that down, but, uh, nonetheless, um, they, we, we knew heading into this, there was going to be tons of questions. We knew the media was going to be on fire, uh, after both Howie and Sirianni. Um, and we knew that there were vacancies for both coordinator positions, uh, which is um, interesting to say the least. Uh, quite, quite the candidate list that's been reported for both sides of the ball, I guess we will say. Um, but ultimately, uh, the Eagles haven't announced this, which um, I think is refreshing when you compare it to how the Dallas Cowboys handled things. They basically had to come out and say we're sticking with Mike McCarthy, whereas the Eagles' uh, mentality was pretty much, hey, business as usual we don't gotta make a bunch of noise we got we got a job to do in my opinion i don't know yeah how do you
2: feel about well, Macar- com- mccarthy compare- j- mccarthy's job security wasn't nearly as much in question as nick sirianni's was like there was there was a lot of noise about it was like 50 50 was sirianni gonna keep his job it was like 80 20 yeah but the eagles the Cowboys didn't come, moving come off out of and
3: say we're sticking with nick sirianni though
2: no no, because they probably didn't know themselves at the time. They still had to do the exit meeting and the interview, and Sirianni had to present his plan and all that. I think Jerry Jones, in his mind, already knew. Like we're keeping Mike McCarthy. There's nothing much to discuss here. We'll just have to tweak some things. Well, this is interesting because
3: a few thoughts just crossed my mind. Should we just tell him? Why are we acting like, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, it looks like the Eagles are expected to sign former Dolphins and. Broncos and Bears and I mean he (laughs) even coached in the 90s that's why his defensive scheme is 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 so well known Vic Fangio Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen is apparently expected to be the Eagles new defensive coordinator and a shocking turn of events when all of the fan base wanted them to complete to to take a completely new direction maybe new scheme on that side of the ball but I will say if you were one of those people and you're frustrated uh before we before we really dive into it um you did get probably half of what you wanted in the defensive coordinator They wanted experience a a, a, a veteran a veteran voice, a, a stable mature uh leader if we want to say, of the defensive side of the ball, a seasoned one, right? I mean, I saw I saw a bunch of stuff on Twitter. Uh, there was this running, there was this running joke. Uh, Take it for how you want to. I, it might have been an Eagles fan who tweeted it, but they pretty much said if my defensive coordinator doesn't look uh, wa- uh, like he's like beat up, old, and slightly bit uh, racist, then I don't want to. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, he certainly fits a couple of those. Uh, requirements, but also there's something very funny to me as well. We got the Italian mafia here in Philly, man. Mm-hmm. Between Nick Siriani, Fangio, and
2: uh Dom. When in doubt. When in doubt, bring hey. in more Italians. That's that's the that's that's the philosophy for the uh the Philadelphia Eagles. You mentioned the other uh the other candidates for the DC position that we thought we would be speaking about on this uh, pod today, but it turns out that we won't be. Because I am incredibly Fangio.
3: relieved that we didn't have to go through that list. Uh, I will say the <laughs> guy that I wanted immediately, I believe, got hired by the Jags. Ryan Nielsen, uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, was the guy. Yeah, I was intrigued.
2: I was, I was very intrigued with Ryan Nielsen. There was uh, Ron Rivera uh, yep. interviews. There was um, Wink Martindale talks. There was Mike Caldwell. Talk uh, a guy who had a very average defense with the Jaguars last year. There's a reason why the Jaguars moved off him. Mm. Um, the Eagles or the Jaguars allowed uh, a lot of points down the stretch as they I think they finished one in five. That defense was not looking good. They let go of Mike Caldwell. Uh, he has some history with the team um, and has uh, a, a good experience with linebackers working with linebackers. So I could see why the Eagles were were interested in that. But it looks like Vic Fangio is going to be. Uh, the man and it makes sense because they he would have been here last season if it wasn't for jonathan gannon and the tampering if Fangio had known uh that the job was going to be open at the time before he took the miami job he would have been here but he went to miami and Ooh. and and here we are so essentially i guess in a way jonathan gannon cost us a season <laughs> because he <clears throat> he uh he uh, never made the Eagles aware that he was interviewing with them. They didn't know, and they didn't make the adequate plans to replace him, and they allowed Vic Fangio to go. And I guess, in a way, I was I was excited about the potential candidates because a part of me was excited to move away from the Vic Fangio tree altogether. We had Gannon. We had Sean Desai, who studied with him very close. And the branches. I was just, the branches. They yes, were the, the branches. branches. <laughs> and I was... I was excited just to move away from the concept. The bend, don't break, the, the, the whatever. I was very excited just to move away. Let's adopt a whole new philosophy. Let's use these players. Let's try and take advantage of what these players do have. If you're going to have older players, you can't play the way that Sean Desai slash Matt Patricia, whoever was in charge, that, that they tried to have them play. So I, I guess in a way, it's if you're going to bring in all these disciples and understudies, you might as well bring in the actual thing. And see what Vic Fangio can really do with the man who originated it all. And you said you want this man to look run down. He does look run down, but he's been he's been in the game for 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 a long time. And for the people that are we in the camp that I was, you know, not very excited about Vic Fangio. The Miami defense was battling injuries throughout. They had uh, Jalen Ramsey was hurt, Xavier Howard was hurt. They lost Jalen Phillips. They lost Bradley Chubb down the road. They still averaged. These are the season averages for Fangio's defense last season. They gave up 323 yards per game. That was good for 11th in the NFL. 5.1 yards per play allowed was 9th. 27 takeaways, which was 8th. 56 sacks in the NFL, good for 3rd. And they had the 3rd highest pressure rate in the NFL while blitzing uh, one of the lowest rates in the league. Like they blitzed, how do I word it? They blitzed the least among, mm-hmm. among the least in the league and still generated a top three pressure rate in the NFL at 27.7%. So he knows how to get home. We saw some of those um, philosophies with Gannon. Desai didn't really do that a whole lot when he was here. The non-blitzing he did do, but that pressure was certainly not there this season. You went from 70 sacks to 43 sacks this year. That's a That's a steep, steep decline. And maybe Fangio, when he gets here, We'll figure out how to use. I'm very excited to see what he can do with Hassan Reddick, Nolan Smith, because that's where he really uh, excels And players like that. So I'm excited to see him get his hands on those players. Not the most exciting splash in the world. It was kind of out the blue. It was mid-press conference. And then Adam Schefter is like, Vic Fangio's out of Miami. There was no word, no rumor, nothing to our knowledge that Vic Fangio was going to leave Miami. And then here comes Rappaport saying, like, oh, it's not a shock to us. He and Mike McDaniel weren't really on the same page. It wasn't, like... It wasn't toxic or anything. They just were just going in separate directions, and then he's bolting to, to, to Philadelphia now. So it looks like, uh, so so I'm intrigued by to, to see what it's like. The Eagles had him as a consultant for a couple weeks a few years ago, and now they they get him in the full time gig. We'll see we'll see what he's able to do with this crop of young talent and aging talent at the same time.
3: <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know as take it how you won. Everybody has their feelings on, on his defense, but you're right at the end of the day, like if it goes terribly bad, like this will be it for the Fangio scheme in Philly. We would imagine if it just goes horrible here. So there's that, you know what I mean? Like it's no, no longer we're hiring, people that, you know, branches of the tree, he's the roots holding the whole thing up, right? Uh, I mean, he's been around for so long. I mean, you, you mentioned even just last year, the Dolphins had all those injuries and they still put up pretty good numbers on defense. I mean, at this point, I'm sure Eagles fans, as much as they wanted a completely new scheme, blitz and all that stuff, I mean, I think it, Eagles fans will just take like a competent unit and, uh, you know... <sighs> Howie's got some work to do, free uh, free agency, maybe trades, obviously the draft, um, and, and even you, you got to develop. I mean, you got a lot of young talent, and, and you mentioned the guys that maybe Fangio Scheme and him just as a defensive coordinator can help develop some of those guys. Nolan Smith, uh, Howie did mention Nakobe Dean several times in the press conference today, so that'll be interesting. Hassan Reddick, obviously, but your interior guys, uh, you know, being Jalen Carter and uh, Jordan Davis, uh, you know, Jalen Carter, I know he he slowed down, but he was, I mean, he was phenomenal. You could tell the guy is going to be a special talent in the NFL for a long time. Jordan Davis, on the other hand, we're still banking on his potential. We haven't necessarily seen the guy that we thought we were getting with that top 10 overall pick, you know, first over first round several years ago. Um, but I also think it's interesting, uh, are we just assuming, like, I'm not saying we know for sure, but it's more likely we're going to switch to a 3-4 defense, you think?
2: I think uh, they're going to. Uh, that That's really what his base is out of. Um, a lot of fans seem to be upset about that. But, yes, that is the concept that he will likely put into place once he gets See, here. See,
3: I personally like that. Um, I know, every again, everybody's like, oh, I wanted a new scheme. Well, that seems like a big change to me if that's your base. and. I think that fits – I mean, something that Sirianni said a lot in his press conference and even I, I believe Howie might have mentioned it is that they want to cater to players' strengths, right, and uh, and the, t- the strength of the team. And, well, it's a bunch of interior guys. I mean, you got three. I, I forgot to mention, like, Milton Williams, in my opinion, is a sleeper player on this team, and I think he's just been – uh, completely overshadowed by the fact that, well, Fletcher Cox has still been, in, been here. If it wasn't for Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox would be known as the best defensive tackle in the NFL over the last decade. Um, and then they draft <laughs> two straight defensive tackles. And even, uh, th- you know, not, I should say, Javon Hargrave was paid all that money and he put up a Pro Bowl year. You know what I mean? So... Uh, maybe he finally gets his opportunity uh, now that uh, we're assuming they're not going to re-sign Fletcher Cox. We'll see. Uh, and then switching to a 3-4, which means you'd want to put those three like interior guys up front, I would assume. So we will see. I'm very, very intrigued. Um, I am relieved, too, that. You know, much has been made with this Eagles team in general. Let's just take a step back. Forget the offense, forget the defense. Just a step back. Everybody's like, what happened this year? Did did, did Sirianni lose the locker room? Did the players quit? Well, I find it really hard to believe if Vic Fangio is commanding this Eagles defense, anybody's going to commit or uh, anybody's going to quit. You know what I mean? Like, it's he just seems like a much more... It's like here, hand the guy. He's got the keys to the Ferrari. It's Fangio's. It's not. Oh wait, you know, Desai. We're gonna kick you to the curb now. It's Patricia. You know, it's not. It's not that. That's not. That's not, that's not happening.
2: One of the one of the biggest, uh, I think, benefits to Fangio coming into this building is, to your point, it brings an experienced, uh, veteran leader in here, and Sirianni gets to be more hands off with the defense. I'm sure he was involved when things weren't going well with Desai, and how he Hallie said that. It was Sirianni's idea to approach him with the switch to Matt Patricia and the whole bit, obviously, that backfired. Uh, but with a guy like Fangio, who certainly doesn't need to be told what to do or given direction or what have you, I think it'll allow Sirianni to, to take a load off defensively, um, be, be more focused on creating an offensive game plan. We'll talk about his plans for the offense that he mentioned in the press conference in, in just a little bit here. But I think it's going to serve well for Sirianni to... To 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 leave the defense to Vic Fangio, not be involved with that. It's yours, dude. You got your resume speaks for yourself. It's it's your show. And Sirianni won't have to be involved on that side of the ball. I think that'll help him out next year. Similar to how he uh, you know, took the uh, the play calling off his plate and gave it to Shane Steichen. It was a lot better for the team. I think defensively it will it will have the same effect. I just thought of something. What's that?
3: So obviously this is like <laughs> This is a big podcast. We have a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> um, Sirianni mentioned, I mean, there's just so much in this press conference. Uh, excuse me. Howie mentioned that he wouldn't necessarily say it's the organization's, like, how do I say how did? How, what did he say? Pretty much, it hasn't been their intentions to neglect the linebacker position, essentially. He, he's said, aware he said it's a
2: misconception that we don't care misconception. about linebackers. Is it the way he
3: worked um, it, yes. Yeah, and, and I know Howie. I think he purposely mentioned. Do you? I'm not saying he know him personally. <laughs> I just look. I I don't know. That'd be that'd be interesting. Not the not the first choice of people I'd want to meet within the organization, oh. but uh, it's interesting. I'm not saying he doesn't believe in Nakobe Dean, but it's very interesting to me that he na- he mentioned his name several times. And all I'm saying is, don't be surprised if Howie's going to try and play chess and stuff like this you know, leading up to the draft. I'm not saying he's drafting a linebacker first, but he's not going to show his hand. He's never going to show his hand. That's all I'm saying. Um, but anyway, my point before any of that was when you look back at what happened over this last year, and maybe you can even go back a little bit further because the Eagles had to have known. I mean, Jonathan Gannon was literally interviewing for head coaching jobs before the Super Bowl, correct? Mm-hmm. So... And obviously, you know, we knew that they loved the Fangio scheme, but nonetheless, there was no guarantee that they were going to bring in, you know, somebody to run it per se. I mean, you, you we know. I mean, you mentioned earlier they they were hoping to bring Fangio in last off season, but that didn't happen. I gotta sit back and think, like, damn. I almost wonder if some of Howie's decisions in the off season, as far as personnel and his his draft decisions, uh, free agency, all that stuff. I wonder if that was a factor. He's like, ah, you know, we may be just bringing in another temp temp guy at the defensive coordinator spot. Like, why would I fully invest in a position that we don't even necessarily value anyway? You know? Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is now that Fangio's here, and I'd imagine, like, a big piece of this connection was that he wanted to come home. I guess he's from the area. He's got family here. Like, I don't know. I'd like to think it would, factor heavily into personnel decisions Fangio being here yeah versus some temporary defensive coordinator like they knew Gannon was temporary do you understand what I'm
2: saying oh well of course they expected him when he got hired there was already whispers and circles that he would be a head coach relatively soon yeah so so like drafting
3: Jalen Carter isn't like I mean that's like best player available which is usually my approach in the draft but like do you understand what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like um drafting Devonte, like let's rewind a little bit that was i guess we could say yeah that was best player available too but it was him or micah one of the two which is interesting but and obviously they neglected the receiver position but that was like you know it's time to put a a piece here it, it you understand what i'm saying i'm kind of all over the
2: place like yeah, All I'm saying is
3: there may be something different this <laughs> this draft because of the coordinator is what I'm saying.
2: Oh, I see. You think McVay Vanjo's going like to have influence drafted, on Devontae where they Devontae was targeted.
3: drafted was drafted right after Siri, offensive coach Sirianni yes. was hired. Larry has long believed
2: in offensive coaching, by the way. So. Uh, what is this green thing right here? Do you see? I don't know. It's on your it came up on your screen. I thought you did something over there. That was weird. Larry <laughs> has long Larry has long believed in offensive minded coaches, so of course they targeted that, and they knew they needed receivers, and that was the time where Howie said, "I'm gonna stop trying to overthink about receivers. I'm going to draft who I know is good." And Devontae yeah, like, Smith from Alabama. I'm going to acquire known talent. From AJ Brown, and maybe Fanji will be like, Hey, in order for my scheme to work, I need agile, quick, sideline to sideline linebackers. Notice the two times, and how he mentioned this the two times they went to the Super Bowl, they had good linebackers. Say what you want about Nigel good. Bradham. Like very, very good solid linebacker. linebackers. We're not, Kaiser, like that, TJ yeah. Edwards, very solid linebacker play, went to the Super Bowl. The years they Did had solid.
3: The, uh, I guess one of them, uh, Kaiser made the Pro Bowl.
2: Uh, TJ might have, I don't know TJ. I, TJ might have been an alternate or, or something, but, and, and a lot of people are saying like, oh, you know, we should have gave TJ the money we gave Bradbury or whatever have you. But again, just to, just to reiterate, TJ went to Chicago within 10 minutes of free agency. It was a known, and I've seen reports uh, re- resurface lately about, oh, the Eagles never got in contract talks with TJ Edwards. They never entertained the because conversation. Because I couldn't. Because TJ made his choice. He already knew. He probably told him before the season was over, like, I'm going to home. Isn't I'm going he from home. No Chicago? Feelings. Yes, it's his hometown. He was going there okay, anyway. Well, there you go. So man. it's not some shocking, yeah. like, oh, Eagles just disrespected TJ Edwards. No, Keep TJ mind, was always TJ going Edwards to Chicago. TJ Edwards was an undrafted
3: player. Like, he had to yes. bust his but ass. That's why. It's hurt. The Eagles, the Eagles finally through. developed a linebacker, and they couldn't keep him. That was the hurtful. Part. But I'm th- I'm look, I'm thinking from his perspective. He's like, I'm going to get the bag, and
2: I'm going to go. Yeah, home. I'm going to go home. Who would turn that down? Of course, it's a business. At the end of the day, regardless of Super and the Bowl Eagles Earth's neglect this position, he knows or, it. He or, or, that, or 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 what have you. But how he did say, when the years we have made it is from good linebacker play. And look at the teams now: Baltimore, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen. You got San Francisco with uh, Dre Greenlaw and uh, Fred Warner, the two the teams that have stellar linebacker play go deep in uh, in the postseason, and I think Howie is realizing that if he hasn't already. Uh, But yes, Fangio being here, I'm certain he'll have some influence. Uh, on the draft because his scheme largely Yeah, that's sorry. I was all over having the agile place. I was trying to I was giving the, uh, you a minute to get back points. on track. I think I think You I know knew. what I'm saying though, I right? I think I knew where 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 you were headed. In Fangio's last 12 seasons as either a defensive coordinator or a head coach, he's had units ranked in the top 10 in either yards or points allowed. So, mm-hmm. there's a lot there's a lot there with Vic Fangio. I think I think he will give the Eagles access to a lot of information, a lot of knowledge, and if anything you know, if his defense doesn't work out, I think at least uh, the young players will learn a lot from him, and they definitely need a stern uh, voice in there. And I think Fangio, if anything, will provide that. So very uh, excited uh, to to see what he brings. No, I just Denard hope Wilson return. how he
3: has to do his part now, though. Like yeah, we mentioned, and he's that. they and need he's help. With, they need help in the secondary. They just need youth. Uh, yeah. Even at safety, like they just, at least
2: they're at least they're like <sighs> the cornerback isn't as like bad as people make out to be. Slay Slay's under contract another season. I, I, his Dequan, I don't do his that. De- he's, I'm not doing it this season. He was good. Man. He was good. He was good in 2023, Darius. Despite what people want to believe, Bradbury's gone post June 1st. But who's we'll to about say that in he the doesn't spring.
3: just fall off a cliff like Bradbury? He could did because but he's only it's only one more year. It's only
2: one more. It's only one more season. Uh, it's only, he only has one more year under contract, so they're gonna keep him and ride him out. You're not gonna. You're not gonna go into the season with Ringo and. And Eli Ricks is your outside corners. So that's certainly not the case. Or Isaiah Rogers, who's who's going to apply for reinstatement. He he tweeted something today in regards to This training. is a good corner draft, and, man. And, and it is, it is. And and they will likely draft one. But it's not like to say like, oh my God, we need to draft somebody to start on day one. I don't think it's going to be I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh in that in that in that regard. So F- Fangio, I think uh get some linebackers in here. I think they will be able to turn it around uh next season shall we talk about what Sirianni had to say about the offense? Cause he had a lot to say about this offensive direction this of it, fun. what he will this and won't do. Oh uh, man, we should have led with this. Well, of course we talked about, we talked about uh, uh Fangio, I guess, I guess we should talk about before we, no, no, let's, let's talk about Sirianni's part first. And then we'll talk about the potential coordinators <laughs> that they're mm-hmm. looking at. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of thoughts, feelings about the names they're looking at. And we will talk about all that. So first, First and foremost, Sirianni confirmed that Brian Johnson Brian Johnson was fired. Um, he also yep. said he was not the only name that's going to be let go. They're going to reshape that whole entire staff. Uh, what well, Sirianni said, he is looking for in a new offensive coordinator, a guy who has a vision, a guy who is going to call plays, so he's not going to be calling the plays mm. next season. We will talk about the people that are upset with that. And a guy who is able to coach a quarterback in the same sense to help out Jalen Hurts, obviously. So... When you hear those things, Stephen, those three th- core things that Sirianni is looking for, your thoughts on he, – he said he wants fresh ideas. So I, I like the way he approached this this press conference because Doug Peterson, I'm sure when he presented uh, his plan to Jeffrey Lurie a, f- a few seasons ago to, to vie for his job, and Lurie did not like that plan, I think Sirianni showed a bit more flexibility in this press conference and in his plan to the organization for them to keep him. Uh, So your thoughts on the things he had to say about the potential new uh, offensive coordinator that's going to come in here in the next few weeks.
3: Well, there was a lot to this section of the press conference. Um, I like that Nick shut down very quickly when the reporters pretty much, uh, as they should have, I thought the reporters did ask good. They did their job today. They asked, is it your offense? And Sirianni quickly shut that down and said, No, 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 no.
2: It's our offense. And Do you always you like how really... they ask questions to the media? Like it's just screaming match, and whoever's like commands the room gets to ask the question. It's okay, not like Okay, So raise your what hands. blew
3: me away about that is I hear all that going on. There's so many questions over There's some people that go on for like, they, like seven seconds. <laughs> yeah. And what blows my mind is how like I don't know. It just seemed... Nick just seemed fine. He seemed calm. Well, he's Nick, used to it. Nick he's seems doing more it nervous when it. he's talking or whatever. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so he quickly shut that down. Um, and I like that he mentioned that it's going to be their scheme. So it's not going to be something where it's like we're bringing somebody in so they it's can an be an extension scheme. of our Nick's scheme, scheme. no no, no it's going to be they're bringing they're bringing a scheme he said a scheme is going to be brought with them the the new coordinator just so we're clear um so essentially by agreement we'll say howie Lori, nick Sirianni agreed that nick pretty much has not only is he we knew we kind of had a feeling if he was back he wasn't going to be calling plays anyway Mm. but not only that but it it's not even his offense anymore
2: he, okay. said, he said he's going to mesh what has worked well the past few seasons, and mix which I agree with. with. you do not just scrap everything; like that's mix just it crazy. With the scheme to me. That the new guy is going to bring is is, is the way is the way he phrased it, which I'm all for. You want new, fresh ideas. Yeah. You want you want a, you know you want to come in here and maximize the ability of Jalen Hurts, whose new contract will kick in. Uh, you definitely want to get the most out of these players, AJ Smitty, all these guys. Um, so he didn't seem like he's stuck in his own way. That was my biggest fear. Is he going to be stuck is it's my offense. We're just going to, we need some new voices in here to kind of tinker some things. He sounds like he's ready to break the whole thing down and rebuild it. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm all for, uh, a, a mindset like that. Um, <laughs> they asked, they asked him if, uh, Sirianni's role is going to change. And like, I guess what, what he's going to do, if he's not going to be calling plays, he said, he's going to be building culture making sure it's working with our five core values, taking it one day at a time and managing the team. And fans had an issue with that because basically saying we have a glorified hype man as head coach. How is this going to work? This is
3: where I lose. I, it. I don't <laughs> know about you. You go
2: ahead. I, I feel like you got something you want to say. I just, I would, I would like to remind the fans that oh, okay, you got it. You got it. A good percentage. If not the majority of head coaches in the NFL, do not call plays in the uh in for for their teams. They manage their teams. And that doesn't make them a glorified cheerleader. That gives they give their coordinators direction. They sit in all meetings, they help with the game plans, so on and so forth and do all the things a head coach is supposed to do. When Nick Sirianni gave play calling duties to Shane Steichen 2 years ago, he didn't just become a glorified <laughs> cheerleader. He was still the head coach. And you don't say that about guys like John Harbaugh who doesn't call plays on offense, who has his team one game away from the Super Bowl right now. Mike Tomlin hasn't called plays. There's a bunch of coaches out there who do not call plays and have very successful tenures. And the idea that because Nick Sirianni is not going to be calling plays and taking a step back and allowing the offensive coordinator to have more control of the offense does not mean he is ill-fitted to be head coach. I just Mm. want people to understand that. (laughs) And you know what? That same statement that you just made can be
3: applied to people, (laughs) coaches, that weren't good head coaches, guess what? They could be good coordinators. Vic Fangio was a head coach. What did we hire him for? To be Mm -hmm. defensive coordinator, why? Because he's fucking good at it. He's fucking good at it. And for everybody wondering, uh, what's Sirianni's role? What's he even good at? He's good at leading a locker room, leading men. and, and, And the response is, what happened the last seven weeks? You know what?
2: Yep. They said, do we want that same man leading
3: the soccer? No, 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 listen. Sirianni can't take the field for the players. He can't block for them. He can't catch a football. He can't prevent fumbles. He can coach it as much as he he possibly can. He he can't control the fact that Jalen Hurts was intercepted that many times. Shit went wrong, man. Shit went wrong. Um, I wouldn't be backing this guy. I'm not saying he's a top five, top ten coach in the NFL. But you know what? I trust Howie and I trust Jeffrey Laurie. You guys can Eagles fans, look, I know you're probably some you just, of you are probably you don't, you don't to this. win that
2: many games if you're not a good head coach. Like it's that simple. And then and then there's like,
3: the people that say, oh, Steichen carried him.
2: Yeah.
3: Um you know what? I don't know about you, but I remember a point in time last year. I remember fans were upset with the way Steichen called plays. They actually didn't like the fact that they had Jalen running so much. So you know what? There's just going to be people that are always mad. At the end of the day, this was always the right thing to do. I think at the end of the out. day, they asked the players. At the end of
2: the day, they asked players, "Do you still respond to Nick Sirianni? Like, do you yes. still want to play for him?" And he wouldn't. Be, and if and if they said no. That wouldn't be the case. How many players vouch for Sirianni at the end of the year? Jason Kelsey, who may or may not be back next season. Jalen Hurts. Uh, Fletcher Cox got, got irritable when asked about Nick Sirianni. So mm. that's our head coach. Why are you even asking me that? So, and I understand players aren't going to bash him on the way out, especially if they're not going to be here next season, especially if there's a chance that he could be retained. But you don't, you could have went the James Harden route and said, like, when they asked him about Doc Rivers, that's okay. This it's, it's cool. Well, and it's also, like, <laughs> like, if they
3: would have, it would have been very very premature in my opinion to fire him because then you run the risk of turning into some franchises that i've seen i was 50 50 on, on podcast. like
2: fresh off the loss i was like 50 50 like yo i i they, they I might need to 50, fire 50, him they might need to because fire because of I was the there.
3: candidates that were available jim harbaugh bill belichick yeah uh, i mean there's yeah. other guys but like yeah, we're past that now yeah. but yeah look this is a proving year for nick and there's going to be fans that are annoyed because they just have their opinions you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me, honestly, of when they first hired him, and he had his introductory p- press conference, and fans came to conclusions then because he stuttered, he was nervous, and everything like that. Now, look, I'm not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't think, but all I'm saying is, like, his pack has been against the wall before like literally people question if he could even be a coach on an NFL team and then due to that press conference
2: and then just a few... I questioned if they, he could lead a group of men in general <laughs> yeah in general
3: you know um and then very shortly uh, ends up coaching in a freaking Super Bowl you know and even this year with all the hell that broke loose you can say the talent carried him whatever. Guys, it's the NFL. There's talent all over the place. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, he's been coaching this team for three years and has a damn good record doing it. If all hell breaks loose this year, they will fire him. But he deserves to be back. He's a CEO head coach. I'm convinced people are not around the game of football. I'm going to make a comparison. And you guys can laugh at me all you want. My local high school, the school I grew up going to, We had a beloved head coach here. When I played, my brother played under him, is playing under him still. And there was a time period where he had to step away from the game for a couple years, right? The guy they hired to be the fill-in coach at that high school ended up being a play caller. He ended up calling plays. And for whatever reason, it just couldn't mesh with the kids. Well, a few years later, they bring back the original coach. You want to know what's funny about that? They loved him because he was a leader of men. He didn't, he didn't, he still doesn't call plays. He's been coaching my local high school for years and everybody loves him. He's never called plays,
2: never called I'm plays. Just, I'm just, I know it's I'm just, just high school football. Just, I'm just stunned at the amount of people who are saying if Sirianni is not calling plays, he has no reason to be a head coach. Like it's just, it's such a, it's such a concrete statement to make about a head coach in the, in the NFL. And then, and then they're like, cause he's an offensive coach. Yes. Well, it's, wait. It's just, Isn't it's,
3: Mike Tomlin a defensive coach, and he doesn't even call just not just not defense? everybody.
2: Not everybody's Andy Reid. Like, like they just think Andy, like the the offensive genius Andy Reid is. And if Sirianni's like that, he can't be the head coach of the team. And that is that is a tough way to 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 think. And it's going to be on the offensive when they hired Sirianni. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe
3: somebody's going to prove me wrong because people are good at this little receipt thing that we do here on on the internet. But I'm pretty sure they didn't hire him with the intentions i mean i'm sure originally they were like hey you can call plays you're an offensive coach you call plays but that wasn't the number one intention they hired him because all hell broke loose you know carson wentz is gone they had to fire a super bowl winning coach because the the guy lost the locker room he wanted bad offensive coordinators well sierra was brought in to lead men and not just that, you, you want to know what's a key piece of, of being a head coach, being accountable. And honestly, I'm impressed with Sirianni. I'm very impressed because he took this on the chin and the difference between him and Doug, this was a t- determining factor. And people can say Nick Sirianni's a puppet. Are you really being a puppet, though, when Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman are the ones in charge? They're your bosses. And they are very good at what they do. They both delivered a Super Bowl. And under both guys, by the way, the Eagles are one of the winningest franchises in the NFL since 2000. I know Howie wasn't here, you know, those early 2000 years. But Jeffrey Lurie was. The Philadelphia Eagles upper management know what the hell they're doing, man. They know what they're doing. They just win. Yeah. They've been to three um... Super Bowls since 2000. Countless NFC championship games. All the playoff I'll it, wins that I'll, they have.
2: I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And I like like I said, I like Nick's approach in today's press conference. It's it's a shame that Brian Johnson got caught in the middle of it because I, I tweeted this yesterday and got some Did pushback. Did he get caught
3: in the middle or because he's about to this, get hired? This is this
2: is what we'll, this this is this is the, the discussion. I feel like he was I feel like Sirianni was ultra involved in the offense. And I feel like Brian Johnson was handcuffed and potentially scapegoated by the organization because they had to get rid of somebody. It had to be a change, and they weren't mm-hmm. re- entirely ready to move off Sirianni. So Brian Johnson, the guy who has a very close relationship with Jalen Hurts, who Nick Sirianni said you'll have to mm. ask him about it when you have the chance to speak with Hurts on his reaction to all, the, to all of this. Um, but it's – it's it's yeah, it's, And I know people – when I say handcuffed by Nick Sirianni, we were like, well, well, Shane Steichen wasn't handcuffed. And that's because Brian Johnson never called plays before. So Sirianni Mm -hmm. probably felt as though he had to handcuff him because Sirianni or because Brian Johnson had never called plays at an NFL level. But it's tough because you look at like Brian Johnson's offense of Florida and the stuff he's done in college. And I know it's different worlds, the NFL and college, but it's tough to think that he wouldn't be able to make things click at some point down the stretch of the season. Like somebody has to step in when you're on that kind of a decline, when you're spiraling out of control like that. Somebody has to be able to step in and stop the bleeding. And the and the flow just got more and more. And it just snowballed. The snowball got bigger and bigger. And to think that Brian Johnson, at no point in time, was able to 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 go to Sirianni and be like, I think we need to try this. And Sirianni was like, no, we're going to keep at it. We're going to get out of this funk. This is going to work. And it just never worked. I just feel like he got caught in the middle. And there's reports out there that people within the organization mm. feel as though it wasn't fair to Brian Johnson and whatnot. Yeah. I, I don't know personally. I I haven't. Right. Spoken to anybody in in the situation, but it's it's it all feels very strange to me about this whole thing. But they're obviously moving on from that part. Now, of it's very strange. Yeah. He's gotten he's gotten uh head coaching interviews. He'll get a he'll get another chance to lead an offense in the NFL. I'm sure of it. But it, it feels bad because uh, the season was just bad for everybody involved, and Brian Johnson is a casualty of it. But you you definitely needed a change, and moving off him was probably if you, if you didn't move off him, you would have to move off Sirianni, and then you're losing the staff anyway. So they figure we have to we have to move off Brian Johnson. Hope Sirianni can reconstruct this thing with the new staff and and see if we can pick ourselves up off the ground here.
3: I will be very interested. Obviously I'm I can put my pride to the side because I, I could tell Sirianni um he got emotional about that. When that was brought up today, by the yeah. way, Instead because like you said, just...
2: you said he, you spent more time together than you do with your families over the last three seasons. All the time he and Brian Johnson spent together when even when Brian was a QB coach and they're in the room with Shane and these other guys constructing an offense. And then to move up mm-hmm. this season, I, if you would ask either of them before the season started, like, is Brian going to be out of the organization in 365 days? They'd probably say no. So the fact that it started out so promising and now we're here going our separate ways, I can imagine it's it's an emotional time.
3: It'll be very interesting. I'm rooting for him to obviously get hired somewhere because I, I want to see. I want to see. Will he call? I want to see what there? he got. He got something in that bag of his. I know he do. <laughs> Is that what you think? What if it just sucks I do. wherever he goes? Anyway, I will I'll, laugh I'll, my I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I'll ass off. I, I refuse I think to you're believe him that too much credit. I refuse I to believe he just credit. sucks. I refuse to believe he's just ass. I ass, don't think he sucks, but we'll see again. He might make a good, good head coach. I don't know. Uh, he was a good quarterback's coach apparently, but I don't know. A part of me wonders. So was Don. show was John DeFilippo. And what's he doing now? I don't know, man. The whole, I can't wait till all this is over. Cause I get so annoyed, like debating this with people. Cause they're like, uh, he didn't do well here. Like for example, Frank Reich, cause we st- we're still trying yeah, yeah, to yeah. hire an offensive coordinator. It seems like maybe <laughs> that guy could be the one. People keep bringing up this Panthers thing. Guys, the Carolina Panthers might be the worst organization in sports. They are terrible. Everything about them. Do yeah. I need to get into
2: it?
1: No. Nah, that doesn't no
2: nah, nah, you don't. But I think that a lot of fans were saying like we need to hire coordinators that aren't going to be poached coming years, yes, you, don't okay, Jaylen, you, you, don't want, you don't want Jalen. You don't want you don't want Jalen to have his tenth coordinator in ten seasons in his football career and all and all and all this stuff. We need to hire guys like Ron Rivera, Frank Reich, because no matter how good the team is, nobody's poaching either of those guys. Nobody's taking Frank Reich to be a head coach. He he two seasons didn't work out with the Colts and the Panthers. Nobody's taking Ron Rivera. He's clearly past his coaching days. Um, as far as head coaching, anyway, so even the Eagles could have the number one passing offense and passing defense, and those neither of those guys were going to get poached. So I think the fans were wanted to have the idea of we need coordinators in here that can grow with the players, and they don't have to worry about losing them in two seasons. But that is the nature of the game: rising coaches make names for themselves, and you, you know, the goal for every. Coach assistant whatever in the NFLs to lead a team one day to become a head coach, and that is the nature of the game. You saw it with guys like Gannon You're going to see it with Brian Johnson at some point throughout his career, and you saw it with Nick Sariani, great offensive coordinator. Does some of these feel
3: premature to you.
2: Uh, what? Uh, what are you referencing?
3: Just a lot of these coordinators getting hired for head coaching jobs. Like Gannon is one of them. Obviously, Steik well, well a great the NFL head coach. wants but a new but even the like NFL Brian Johnson is.
2: The NFL wants new blood. You don't want to recycle the same head coaches. This is something I think the NBA struggles at new blood no, in no, the no, coaching if, scene. No, no, but I agree. It, it feels like it just
3: feels like sometimes it's a few years too soon for some of these guys. I and I sometimes think, they're not ready, and they
2: find out the hard way. That's 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 what well, that that's with any job though. If well, you're not actually, ready. I think that's
3: what the Eagles are going through right now with uh, Nick Sirianni. But if you can make it through the mud.
2: Well, they're they in quicksand right now. This is quicksand. This is like <laughs> this, is, this is beyond this is beyond the mud. But let's but let's talk about because well, Andy
3: Reid. If you go back to him, like way back, that was his first head coaching job, and everybody had questions about him. And it took some time, but hey, here we are. We're, we're
2: going. We're going to let's let's talk about some of the offensive coordinators because there's questions about potential first time coordinators and some other names that mm. didn't do so great as head coaches that fans are are weary of. So as we know, as of now. The Eagles have had interviews with three offensive guys, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, very polarizing, uh, Javad Johnson, QB coach of Houston Texans, had a hand in C.J. Stroud's development this season, and one Jim Bob Cooter, who is thankfully not a top candidate, but he is a name that has come up with the Eagles. Frank Reich has not been reported or you know linked to the public anyway to this point. We haven't heard anything about it. Obviously, Frank Reich is somebody that Nick Sirianni considers as a mentor. Um, so where I'm sure we will hear his name eventually at mm-hmm. some point. Uh, but I think the, the name Cliff Kingsbury certainly raised some eyebrows. I think the fan base is about 50, 50 on him and people hear air raid. Cause that was this thing in college, air raid, air raid. And people are like, Oh my God, throwing, not running the game. Um, or not running the ball. Rather cliff has a, uh, a modified version of the air raids. It's a lot of shallow. <laughs> it's a lot of shallow crosses. It's a lot of intermediate routes. It's a lot of screens mind you. And I know the fan base are tired of screens and I'll go all over the stats and tendencies of Kingsbury when that, when the time comes. Uh, but that is a name I think that could help Jalen hurts develop. Um, I know people are going to look at his uh, under center rate, not the greatest. And pre-snap mm. motion is the big red hot topic now amongst the fan base. Uh, because, you know, you don't want offense with low pre-snap motion. The Eagles had by far the, the lowest and so did cliff when he was running the, the, the Cardinals offense. So, fans are a little weary of that. I personally would be for the idea. I think he's a kind of coach that can come in and bring some new ideas. But I do understand the reservations that the fans may have about him potentially trying to create an offense for Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. I just feel like A.J. Smitty thrives so much over the middle of the field, and Cliff certainly likes to target that. I think Kingsbury would be able to get the most out of those players. But like I said, I understand the the, the weariness
3: i agree with you with all the things you mentioned the, the the positives and the negatives um but i will say this uh he's younger um but he's also at the age where it's like i think he may be content with just being an offensive coordinator right uh, at the mm-hmm. nfl level um and he's coached a lot of really, really good quarterbacks, so that's definitely something that intrigues you off the top of my head. Well, people are I guess, saying well, he
2: didn't win with him, Patrick Mahomes, who had a very, very bad defense in college, mind you. Kevin well, how did the quarter—I want to know how the
3: quarterbacks played.
2: Exactly. That's what matters. Don't Mahomes was unknown.
3: If Mahomes was so good and they won so many games, he would have been drafted way higher. This shit drives me nuts, man. I, I, I just—I can't. You know what I mean? I can't. If, if all of this was so easy, every NFL team would nail all of their hires. They would nail all of their draft picks. But it's not that way. This is hard for a reason. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I definitely think off. T- he would be at the top of my list coordinator-wise, Cliff Kingsbury. I Of, think the, three, also, of
2: the three that we've heard to this point, yes. Yeah. Yes,
3: not. w- worth noting, too, um, just because somebody has a scheme doesn't mean like... That's what they're going to completely run, like what you saw in Arizona, or what you may have seen him run in college. So what I'm saying is, he may come here, and like look at the Eagles' personnel, look at the offensive line, look at the quarterback. You know they got Jeff Stoutland there. You know Stoutland can turn a seventh-round lineman into a run-blocking monster. You know what I'm saying? Like get him moving, do whatever. So what I'm saying is like it could be adjusted. These are coaches. They make adjustments, you would hope, right? So it's intriguing to me. Like just because you saw them do certain things in Arizona, which by the way, uh that that whole situation, there was there was trouble brewing there for
2: It was toxic all around. It was yeah, just a toxic, I, you know. Thing. And he wasn't the biggest fan of Kyler as as as, as we know. I'm so not that, either. What... I, I don't blame him.
3: Yeah, I don't
2: oh, my gosh. The quarterbacks Kingsbury has worked with. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. He worked with. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator at Texas A&M the year. Johnny Manziel won the Heisman Trophy. Mm. Uh, obviously, he was the U- uh, he was an offensive assistant for USC last season, uh, working with Caleb Williams, and then he'll come in here and uh, see what he can do with Jalen Hurts. If they have any remote. We don't know what interest levels are. We haven't heard how the interview went. We don't know if this is just a name they spoke yeah. to and they're going to move on. Or what have you, but Cliff is certainly a guy that <laughs> that has fans um, in a tizzy because they say that they they think about the bad with the Cardinals and they think about how he wasn't able to do anything with um uh, with uh, with DeAndre Hopkins and it would be the same deal uh, with AJ Brown here and whatnot. Cliff Kingsbury to Doug Peterson before the twenty twenty the famous twenty twenty Eagles Cardinals game the the tie ball game in the desert that game cliff told doug that i like that number two talking about Jalen hurts he wore number Mm. two at the time he came in here and the moment's not too big for him i recruited him in high school and he was the same way the most mature knew he was going to be something type of kid you ever saw so cliff is obviously a big fan of Jalen hurts and him coming in here uh would definitely bring you want to talk about fresh ideas now some people will tell me that, that the ideas will are are definitely not fresh so because he throws a lot of screens throws a lot of uh short passes but I think that some of those things can work out with Philadelphia. And we'll talk about – we'll break him down and all that stuff later on. Uh, the other name that is intriguing, I'll probably put them kind of on the same par, is Gerard Johnson. Now the issue – or I guess not the, not the issue, the the reservation. No, say who, it, say it. The word
3: premature that I brought up earlier, does that concern you? Is
2: people, people are – and I think I'm in that camp where they're saying another QB coach who's never called plays, never been an offensive coordinator. If, I think – Mm. You need you need a known commodity at this point with this, at the state of this team and kind of where they're at. I think you can't afford to take a shot on another on another unproven coordinator. If first, that makes time sense. Yeah, first, yes, first time for play a caller, first yes, first time play caller. We went that, that we, wants to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, not a, not not. Just ideal put that
3: group. in perspective. I'm not even here to knock these guys because I'm not trying to do that. Like for all we know, he could turn out to be a good play caller in a couple of years for whoever decides to hire him. Right, but like. I don't know man you ever just sit here and think about this stuff it's like not every hire you make needs to be one of these things where you're trying to get ahead of the curve you know what i mean like i don't know we're trying to get back to the super bowl we got a lot of talent on this team like maybe just bring in a guy that can coach the offense he doesn't need to be some guy that's going to change revolutionize the game in a couple years and once he develops and is comfortable calling plays like Pretty much what they did on the defensive side of the ball, I would assume, is the mindset for the offensive side of the ball. I would think.
2: Yeah. As far as it's, hiring it's a tough. coordinator. Like, it's tough. Like, if you can't get Bobby Slowick out of there, like, do you take the next best thing in Gerard Johnson? And very he could very well be a good offensive coordinator, but the Eagles aren't in a position right now to kind of, kind of take that chance. Um, but he did come from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree and people hear Kyle Shanahan and you could think of what this Eagles offense could be on crack because that's what Kyle Shanahan's offense is over yeah, there. I Obviously no, with Debo, hard, it's hard. is I'm it calling. worth the risk right now or do you go with a known commodity? That is a tough spot. Um, I found the stats I wanted to with, uh, with with Cliff Kingsbury, not to, not to retract, but uh, I will give credit here to Shane half on Twitter. Cause this is the tweet I've been sent numerous times this morning mm. in regards to Cliff Kingsbury, his Arizona offense. When he was running it ranked eighth in RPO usage 30th out of 32 teams in motion, 32nd in under center rate, 27th in design rollout rate. Put all those mm. things together. Does not sound like the offense that you should be curating for Jalen hurts. So will he switch it up? Will he bring some of these things and kind of uh, alter them
1: for uh, you
2: don't want more of the same. Is kind of where, I'm, it's kind of what we're, where, where we're at here. You don't want more of the same. You want to bring a guy in here who's going to maximize uh, maybe have Jalen Hurts at any point in time look at the middle of the field. I feel like Kingsbury would do that, but uh, we'll have to see how how all that goes. And then you have the other name, Jim Bob Cooter. Uh, any thoughts regarding? him? <laughs> uh, <sure> <laughs> ri- I'm worried he
3: his approach would be just be way too similar to Sirianni, and it could be another power issue thing I guess is what I'm trying to say but I feel like some of that did get cleared up in the press conference today but I just it's just yeah it's just time for something new get away the whole the I was just gonna say get away from the whole Indianapolis uh, Colts connection but yeah, I yeah, guess I, that would pretty much shut down the Frank Reich stuff but again Reich like you know has a lot of experience so it's different in my opinion
2: yeah I think I think I think uh Jim Pop Cooter certainly has better uh, job security within that organization I don't think you want to come here Uproot everything. Take a risk on coming here. Uh, potentially, uh, yeah,
3: it's very hostile here. Shaky
2: situation. You don't want to come here. I think he will stay there. You gotta do think that.
3: though, from like Reich's perspective. I don't know if that's like maybe the Eagles are like, we got to stop doing this whole uh, what's the word?
2: Um, what's the word? Song I'm and dance. For? Song and dance. Yeah, yeah, like. <laughs>
3: But like from his perspective like man that's a lot of talent on that offense like Reich hasn't gotten a coach that much since uh shoot I guess the Eagles Super Bowl 2017 team, right?
2: 2017
3: yeah. so like you so. got to think man from his perspective and you know some familiarity here too like from his perspective I almost wonder like do you think he reached like do 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 you think like coaches reach out themselves yeah, they, they certainly, if there's, a, if there's a
2: situation, well, once they get fired, yeah. If they're When they're available, they're reaching out and saying, hey, like, I'm well, interested like in this job. Well, he's, like, unemployed right now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah but we don't well, know what for his... For all we
3: know, as far as NFL goes,
2: but... We don't, we don't know what his stance is or, or anything like that. I asked Twitter the other day, who are your top offensive defensive coordinated choices for uh, the Eagles? We got the enemy... As a lot of uh, answers, because mm. what is going on with that situation? We don't, we don't, we don't know. He had an interview, right, with Washington, and then we just haven't heard anything uh, for since For the head coaching job, or for the head coaching job in Washington. Yeah, they don't have one, right? It's still open since they let go of Rivera. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't. Well, a lot of people assumed. Uh...
3: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I'm torn for what they're gonna do. I almost wonder if they go like the Belichick route, or if they try to be innovative since you know they're making a lot of change there. But yeah, yeah. and there was a yeah. name
2: you had mentioned to me earlier uh, off the air, Zach Robinson, right? Was that you that told me that Zach Robinson? Yeah, he's I a hot name. It's
3: Rams. Uh, I want to say assistant. If there's such a thing, assistant like offensive coordinator, he's the passing game that?
2: coordinator and, and another okay. QB coach. So again, another uh, first time play
3: caller. Eagles but, probably don't go you know, that route. It's a it's different. It's different though because it's the McVay McVeigh scheme, you understand? Mm-hmm. Like it's just different. Um
2: Who's the offensive coordinator for for the Rams? Do we know? I mean, or is Sean McVeigh like played, is Sean McVeigh like the, the 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 does he double as the head coach and the offensive coordinator over there? <laughs> Remember that uh, year that Doug didn't have like an offensive coordinator. <laughs> was it wasn't just him. And he was like, we have a bunch of like, we have a bunch of like offensive assistants. They did. They like, didn't have a coordinator by title. It was him. What
3: year was it? Didn't Doug like <laughs> reclaim play calling duties? Like, didn't he give it up and then reclaim them?
2: Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was I just
3: remember the fans were so hype. I remember, <laughs> I remember that man reclaimed play calling duties and he actually decided to run the football one game. And he started, you know, he, he's going forward on all those fourth downs. Fans were so hyped. Oh, Michael Floor as the
2: Rams offensive coordinator. Michael Floor, so that makes sense. That makes sense. Gotcha, gotcha. But that's all we got right now: Gerard Johnson, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Jim Bob Cooter, and we mentioned Eric Bieniemy. Me. That that's um,
3: that situation him himself is very interesting to me because I just I just assumed years and years ago if he was finally going to step away from the Chiefs, it's like oh this guy's going to get a head coaching job for sure. He's going to get a head coaching job, the offensive coordinator of that team and for whatever reason just taking coordinator jobs I, I guess was washington the only yeah it's been he's been there for what two or three years
2: yeah i figured that when he got there it was a situation where they were like once rivera is out the door like you're next in line i think i thought that was the only reason he would move laterally um like that so we'll see what happens with uh with but all what that. i'm saying so, is he's a little he's a little bit older right I mean not he's not older than he's not older than than Vic Fangio's. <laughs> well yeah, I'd hope yeah, not. Jesus but like
3: what I'm what I'm saying is like I must wonder if he's just one of those like coordinator only guy guys. Like maybe he's nah, that'll he'll, he'll he be a
2: head coach somewhere he'll eventually eventually You think he will, so? he will get it. if it if it ain't this year, he will be seen, he is 54, is, man, he is 54.
3: Okay, all I'm saying is man, I'd get on the phone, man. I think uh that's that's, uh, that's I'm sure I'm sure
2: the Eagles will will consider it. I'm sure I'm sure it won't be. Any I final points here? We talked press conference, Vic Fangio being here, potential offensive coordinator names, and we'll talk about so much more. We got drafts, we got free agency, all the potential targets the Eagles could look at and all these things as the offseason goes on. But wanted to wait until we heard this press conference before we did this show to see what the hell is going on uh uh with the team. Anything else of note for you, Steven? Um I mean
3: you know, I feel like I feel like we did our best. I feel like we did our best today. You know, to uh, obviously recap what happened, give our opinions. Um, again, I'm not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't think, but man, I just, I, I know how eat Philly fans are. Just a lot of hostility. But all I'd say is, I just encourage you guys to be a little open minded. That's all. Um, I'm not here putting the pom poms on. It may it may have seemed like it, but. Again, like you, you said you were 50 50 as far as firing the head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, this is recapping the coordinator situation, but I was almost 50 50 too. And my thing was if Sirianni, I'm just recapping what I said, was if he was going to come back, he needs to be accountable and he needs to. A lot of fans are upset. they feel like he just kind of did the whole same song and dance today. I don't think so because he literally said it's like it's done. It's not his offense anymore. You know it's time for something new, and that's gotta somebody do what who got to keep in your the job, mirror.
2: man. Do what you got to do to keep your job. So if they said you need to go that, in that man. room, fire your coordinators and re- get new ones. Doug Peterson didn't have it in him. He's like, if, if Press it. Taylor ain't staying, if my girl ain't staying, I ain't staying. And that's how that ended. So And obviously was, we'll have to see how this plays
3: out. But I got to give him credit, though, at the same time. man,
2: <laughs> He stood his ground. He stood his ground. Yeah, so he, he ain't wavered. And he ended up getting Super Bowl winning coaches. You'll find another job. He was not worried about finding another job. Take the season off refresh yourself, and now you're over there with uh, with Trevor Lawrence and figuring that whole situation out. Speaking of which, congrats to the Chargers. Harbaugh's over there now. We're going to mm-hmm. find out a lot of things. About Justin Herbert this season, what <laughs> all these another all the narratives? CEO coach, by the way, another
3: another aren't, another wait, guy who doesn't call balls. plays. Another wait, guy wait, who doesn't call both. Both horrible CEO style guys. Both yes, of them, they right? don't.
2: Neither of them call plays. Neither <laughs> of them do. Riddle me that. So what, what? does that make you? A cheerleader? We're 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 giving cheerleaders. He an offensive talent? coach
3: or a defensive uh, coach? He's a head coach, motherfucker. A, that's coach. what he
2: is. He's a head coach. They asked you. Know, they asked him that in the press conference. They were like, "Well, what is your role?" He was like the head coach of the football
3: team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's such a uh, descriptive and in-depth guy for
2: for, for being such. But a he didn't very even like crack a smile. He was per- like the he was like the head coach of the football team. That's what the hell do you think I am? <laughs> Oh, what is your God. role with the team? I'm the freaking head coach. My God. Uh, <laughs> appreciate you guys for tuning into this episode of the Philly Pod, brought to you by thelibertyline.com. I'm Victor Williams. Follow me on all socials at the Philly Pod. Do the same for Stephen at Stephen Conrad Jr. Be sure to like, subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your shows. Catch the visuals on YouTube. Be sure to find it at the Liberty Line YouTube channel. Click the bell for notifications so you don't miss any content. Moving forward, we'll catch you guys. In the coming days, if anything new comes out, they'll hire offensive coordinator. Uh, Some other rumors going on. We will have you guys covered. But until then, y'all, appreciate you for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace out from the Philly Pod.